Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Low360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I want to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we talk to the leaders in customer channel brand loyalty about the technology, trends, best practices that impact a brand's ability to drive unique experiences, engagement, uh, and most importantly, customer loyalty. Uh, right now, we're actually looking at uh, some challenges that brands are having. We have uh, weekly meetings with the members of Loyalty 360 on the brand side and choosing around a topic. Uh, and this one actually is pertaining to corporate social responsibility, marketers who run customer loyalty programs, customer engagement, customer experience programs are looking for ways to get corporate social responsibility into the program, but do it in a way that's truly genuine to the brand and not something as they're kind of having to do. So it's definitely an area of challenge. And these questions actually all uh, will address that. And we have a, an amazing speaker, uh, Pam Ehrlichman from Jebit. She's a chief marketing officer, a very, very bright uh, lady and uh, always great talking to her. So I'm looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, when you look at corporate social responsibility, social good, um, and brands are obviously very interested in doing that. As a thought leader, what are you seeing at a high level pertaining to corporate social responsibility and customer loyalty, the, kind of the, the, you know, the engagement between the two? Yeah, I mean, from, from our standpoint, we always start with what consumers value, right? And, and that's what drives really high engagement and relevancy for the brand. So when you know, I was, I was thinking about this topic and digging in, it's pretty easy to find stats like 71% of consumers prefer to buy from brands aligned with their values. Um, and, and when you double click into that, when you're just looking at millennials, it's, it's 83%, it jumps up. So to me, social responsibility has absolutely moved from a nice to have to, you know, or, or a nice to do, I should say, to a must do in order to build that connection. Okay, great. Can you give a, a couple high-level examples or, 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 you know, where uh, corporate social responsibility is working maybe for brands and, 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 you know, maybe a couple that you may, or maybe at least instances where you think it could be enhanced? Yeah, I think the, the hardest part is, um, right, a lot of social responsibility is, um, is originated and set at the corporate level and not necessarily uh, rooted you know, based from the, from the, from the, you know, more the hands of the customer side. And so I think that can lead to disconnects where, where the social responsibility isn't really permeating through the rest of the marketing organization. Um, and so I think for one, the, the, the brands that do it best, it's authentic and core to who they are. Um, I think a lot of D2C brands have come out, you know, absolutely building their company with that in mind. And so therefore it's connected to all parts of the company. So when I think of brands doing it well, I think about like Tom's or Warby Parker or even Lisa Mattress where it's part of their DNA. Um, so I think for, for, for larger brands, it's now about the connection point of how do you take what that brand is standing for and, and really trying to promote and, what are the right messages and how do you connect that, um, you know, in, in to, to the, the consumers in a way that resonates with them. And it's interesting. You talk about a lot of the CSR efforts are, are, are a little bigger, right? They kind of originate up uh, in C-suite, but we see a lot of loyalty programs right now trying to integrate a, a, a CSR effort, right? Uh, okay. 
charitable giving, trying to have alignment, whether it's donating these shoes or, you know, look something that PetSmart does with regard to, uh, you know, they have 7 million pets they've helped uh, be adopted over a period of time. So that's very genuine. But we, we see a lot of brands who kind of struggle with that, you know, where they're trying to get that. They have a need potentially to have part of their program. So you know, they may do it because it's something they need to do. They see everyone else doing it and it may not be completely aligned you know, how should one best do that? I mean, is that something you should do? Or can you give us, you mentioned uh, Warby Parker and Tom's and others, you know, when brands are struggling with regard to making sure that's alignment, making sure it's genuine, how should they approach that? Yeah, I think in, I've, in my past life, I've worked on a lot of big loyalty programs that did um, things like outsource, right? They, want, they wanted to have a charitable donation as part of their loyalty program and give, and give people an opportunity to, to uh, burn um, through a channel like that. But it was through an outsourced charity vendor or something like that. So um, I think, again, the, it, it's not authentic. It's not woven into the brand story and really a part of them. And the reason, the reason why isn't obvious to the consumer. So I think for brands working on this, it's more important that it is uh, sort of homegrown, so to speak, and natural to who the brand is and what they stand for and what they're trying to do. So I think authenticity is the most important aspect um, when really thinking about what, what the brand stands for. Yeah, when you look at authenticity, that's kind of that uh, unique buzzword that everyone's had for the last couple of years. And obviously, when you look at the core, the word it is very important. But truly doing that uh, from a marketer perspective can be challenging. And even from a partnership perspective, you know, that's something that's it's growing of interest in our community as well. But doing it so that both of them have some reciprocal value is is a challenge. But when you look at authenticity, you know, how, how should a brand kind of approach that? Do you have any, uh, going back to your days of, of kind of you know, doing more consulting and running these programs, any ideas of how or one should approach that? Yeah, I think, I think first it, it is starting at the selection process, right? What, what, does, um, what does the brand stand for? What good can it do in the world? What is the natural connection to the products or services they sell? So I think it starts at the root. Um, and, and then I think from there, it's do your customers care, right? It's, so we talked before about how a lot of corporate responsibility uh, choices are top down, but we're, you know, making sure the bottoms up connection to the customers and it's something they value and view as important um, is, is critical as well to this. And then I think the other, the other piece to it is it can't be just the flavor of the month or, you know, in, in March, we're going to talk about this or we're occasionally going to hit this message. It has to be woven in um, to everything they're doing um, in, in reinforcing the, the, those messages and that mission. Absolutely. Okay. When you look at, uh, you know, a uh, uh, process, right? I mean, it's, and we had this discussion, it's been about a month now, uh, where corporate social responsibility, uh, charitable good, social good was kind of the theme. And one of the things that came out was the challenges with regard to these CSR efforts. Are they measurable? Does it add value to their, their marketing efforts, their branding efforts or sales efforts? Or is it something they just have to do? Uh, you know, and a lot of marketers think that's something they just have to do, right? That, that, that it's really hard to uh, substantiate a kind of a proven ROI or some incremental value, but that's kind of a challenge. Should you actually be doing that if you're looking at CSR? So, you know, how should marketers kind of look at that? Because I think that impacts how you get 
exactly they'll buy in at least initially and going forward correct yeah i um i think it's absolutely measurable and should be right i think as a marketer you shouldn't be doing anything unless uh unless you can prove the value of it both quantitative and qualitatively and i think there's no other there's no better function in the marketing organization than than the loyalty team um to be the arbiters of truth in first ensuring that the brand CSR efforts are in fact aligned with the values of their customers. Um, and so, you know, really understanding what aspect of social responsibility do they care most about or are they off the mark in alignment and messaging? So I think first setting the, the, the loyalty teams since they are the best at getting the customer data and, and understanding it are the first, our first should be setting um, the, the messaging and the relevancy and strategy from there. Second, they can prove if the brand's CSR efforts will move their consumers to action. Um, again, no better team to set up test and learn structures than messaging with or without that, um, offers with or without, reward redemption and things like that with or without. Um, so I think if there is a team to prove it, this, this, you know, the loyalty team is absolutely the one to do it. And then finally, over time, they are the ones that can prove if it truly is a, a driver of lifetime loyalty and for which segments does it matter most or, or not, right? There's likely going to be certain segments that they're focused on that it matters a great deal. Others, not so much. Right. So again, the loyalty team is the one that can cap capture directly the consumer data and tie it to the results. Okay. And um, what if it doesn't uh, have kind of a return? Is, is there an effective way to transition out or, or you know, because that, that, that seems to be a big concern to a lot of the, the marketers we met with didn't see kind of the ROI and were challenged with that, right? And they were getting kind of hit up by the CFO. Was, you know, again, is this something we should do or should there be a return? And how do you do that if it's not working? Transition out. Again, I think you mentioned that the authenticity is very hard to kind of substantiate and define. And alignment is very hard to, to define as well. So, you know, any ideas or any brands? You mentioned the brands doing well. You know, how do you kind of, kind of navigate that if it, it doesn't work? Yeah, if it's, if it's not working, I guess I'd, I'd first ask, well, is it, is it the, the, the cause itself, right? Is, is it something that's just not resonating and not top of mind and something the customers care about? So again, as I mentioned, that qualitative data about what customers really care about and, and if, we're, if the brand and those customers are aligned from a values perspective. And then there's a lot of reasons why something could work or couldn't work, right? If they feel like the alignment's there and the value's there, then, you know, and double click into, well, how are they executing against it? And is it like we just talked about, right? Is it, is it being woven into everything we do? Is it being just treated as a flavor of the month in, in this bolt on or, or, or quick mention at the bottom? Um, so I think before you walk away from it, if you've got the answer that, yes, the values are aligned, then I think you probably have to reevaluate how you're executing against it. Um, before you abandon ship. Obviously, if there's misalignment between the consumers and, and, and what the company's choosing to do from a corporate responsibility standpoint, then that's something to, to rethink and reevaluate. And you kind of talked about it uh, quickly, the, the loyalty team being the ones that can best uh, kind of define what should be working and what needs to be working. 
And do you think it's their, uh, that group as well, uh, since it's their responsibility on the loyalty side, to, to isolate the drivers that may be benefiting or driving the customer engagement? I do. I think, you know, at Jebit, we talk about the, it's, our, it's easy to just, just ask, right? When you own the customer, you can just ask. So, you know, doing things in the, in the normal course and, and what we've seen our customers do is using things like product finders and personality quizzes and, and trivia it under uncovers the motivation. So why do you shop with us? What is most important to you? Is it quality? Is it selection? Is it rewards? Is it our values? Um, there again, they can really uncover what is it? Um, what is it that the consumers value? Um, and, and make sure they're meeting their needs there. Well, that was interesting too, that that was one of the topics that, uh, during the, the meeting as well, is, is using surveys, right? Getting that zero-party data. Um, it, the, the, some of the brands have done that. Maybe they're not doing it effectively uh, because a lot of times you know, humans are uh, irrational. What they say they want, what they say they have an interest in, and what they actually end up doing can be right. Uh, dichotomous, right? So um, you, you kind of talked about it a little bit. How can you use your platform with uh, surveys, uh, kind of the, the, the different data sets that you can aggregate through games and, and, and uh, potentially understanding what the customers truly may have an interest in. Yeah, I think um, th there's, there's, a couple, there's a couple things that we're seeing custom, um, our clients do really well. Um, again, in the course, because by nature, and, and I'll back up and, and explain for those who don't know a, a little bit more about what our platform does, um, it allows brands to go in and create those interactive consumer experiences. So as I mentioned, product finders, trivia, interactive lookbooks, personality quizzes, um, all of these are creating a two-way dialogue, not just push messaging out. So you have the ability to ask any, any question you want in the, in the course of, of, of these experiences. And so what can come up again to your point about, um, they might say it, but will they do it? Um, there's a big difference between just taking some standard typical survey, right? And saying, I care about these and checking the boxes um, versus, you know, they're really engaging in, in a product match and you're weaving those kind of questions into like, what's most important, you know, is, is it, is it the quality of our products? Is it the speed and convenience? Is it what we stand for? And if that's aligned with you, um, I think just as important as, the, the cause is authentic. I think the way you need to go about and create the dialogue with your consumers has to be authentic as well. Are you, do you have brands that are using that uh, in that regard for a uh, corporate social responsibility or for kind of alignment or kind of similar uh, kind of uh, zero party efforts? Yeah, we do. I'll, I'll talk about one, one of our, um, we're, we're a partner of the ad council. Um, and we donate a platform to them and we've worked on several initiatives. And one um, great example I would say is every year in, in the summertime, um, they partner with Anheuser-Busch on the anti-drinking and driving campaign. And so this is something where obviously uh, anti-drinking and driving is core to Anheuser-Busch's, like again, I'll talk about authentic you know, responsibility from the top completely uh, works for, you know, completely ingrained in their brands. Um, and they're feeling their duty is to make sure to um, continue to educate, continue to bring up the points and, and what to be watching out for and sharing the, the stats to prevent these things from happening. And so um, through our partnership, in, in we've created these education and trivia 
based uh, experiences to um, remind, reinforce, teach, you know, all, all of those factors that they, they want to make sure are top of mind for people. Um, that's one, that's one example I would say, um, another is, and, and when we talk about emotional loyalty, um, NARS is, um, a, a great example of, this isn't necessarily like their, their, their social, you know, cause, but when COVID hit, they were just recognizing that, okay, consumers are in a different, our customers are in a different mindset right now. They might not want to hear from us as much as before they might want to talk like learn different things and so using this as a way to say hey how how you doing like you know what is most interesting to you right now how often do you want to hear from us where do you want to hear from us and just again it's a it's another example of just kind of recognizing and meeting people where they are on more of an emotional level um than than just having you know the 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 product conversation Okay. What about messaging with regard to the program and kind of making sure that, that, you know, it's cohesive and in a natural extension of the program are, is, is it, is it using the data points you have? What works in that regard to, to kind of, kind of promote it in a synergistic way, but, you know, obviously authentic and also uh, that the, where there's, you know, kind of promotes both the brands. Are there, is it using zero party data there or is it just understanding the communication paradigms of, of the customers? What works from a communication cadence perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're, if you're, um, if you're in and, and this is right communication over time and zero party data usage over time. So if you've already already done something where you understand that um, cause your cause is super important to this segment of customers, then absolutely ensuring that message keeps coming back and in stringing through um, is critically important. I think night, the examples of um, just quick did you knows you know, how, how much uh, purchases have contributed to helping the cause um, that year. Or again, more just more natural ways. Did you know that every purchase you make goes and supports this? Um, did you know here's what we were able to do and, and help this year based on it? I, I think that's a great and natural way um, in the process to, to tell that story. Um, and then I also think, you know, there's examples where um, another example that I've seen out there is uh, uh, the NHL has a program called Future Goals. And so they've done, again, I think, I think for, for all the experiences that our customers do with us, I really do think trivia in the point of education and reinforcement is probably the best um, way to go about these conversations. But the NHL has a program called Future Goals and they've masterfully tied um, STEM related, you know, promoting STEM and facts about hockey. And so again, co completely core to their fans and what their fans want to learn and being able to pull in and tie um, that, that social responsibility aspect um, in a very organic way for their brand. Okay. Um, and when you look at um, the selection, I think you mentioned it earlier, there's a lot of, it was a big thing this year going through COVID. A lot of, uh, or should I say, a number of people who have customer loyalty programs are looking to change the program, allow for redemption of currency potentially toward the balance or to give to charity. Um, uh, the, the systems didn't really allow for that. But even when they did, you know, with the, with the high overhead where 5 10% is going to administration, you know, that, that, that caused some uh, kind of rancor as well. 
how do you go about, you know, you know finding a, a great program or, or is that that's something that, uh, you know, because that seems to be a challenge, right? If you go to kind of the aggregators where they're getting huge discounts, it, it didn't, doesn't seem to be uh, kind of the, the right way to do that. I, I personally, I don't think so. Again, I think it, it if done right, it, it can and should be a cohesive extension of the whole brand. Um, but I'm fully acknowledging that that, that takes work. That's not easy. Um, and so it can't just be, you know, bolted in as a burn option, um, or, or something, you know, or like I mentioned before, just featured once a year during some big campaign or time period when it happens, it really do has to be woven through and, and sort of at the heart of the, of the mission and the message. Okay. Um, I, I, again, it also, you know, there's the, there's the frequency rule in advertising that takes a consumer to hear messages six to 20 times before it registers. And so, you know, again, just making the point about it, it can't just be a, a once in a while or just one line item in a program. Um, it really kind of has to be, it has to be core to, to what the program is trying to do. What about CSR efforts in regard to empowered organizations, employees, potentially attracting new employees, maybe passionate about the, the cause or charity being partnered with, or potentially it could be if it's not the right charity, because a lot of people may have uh, certain charities that, that, that may be detracting. Is that something that they should consider and, and how do brands kind of navigate that? For employees? For yeah, for employees, right? So it could be, is it a good thing to have certain charities or will some charities maybe a turnoff to, to others? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, so I, I, lo I love this question because um, monster.com, the, the job site is, is a big client of ours and we've spoken about this a number of times. Um, one of the things that we've talked about is the approach to job descriptions needs to be blown up and reimagined. You know, the typical job description of here, here's our company and here's your role and everything. We know what job, what's most important to job seekers today are things like even above salaries and, and benefits as culture and corporate citizenship um, and work from home flexibility and, you know, pre-COVID bringing your pets to work, um, things like that. So it really does, you know, a standard job description doesn't cut it anymore. You have to really re rewrite it and rethink about it based on what your, your employees most care about. And I think, you know, if, if you're a, um, I'm not going to give a, spe a specific example, but you've got to make sure the corporate alignment aligns with who, you know, what your employees care about. Um, and so you can imagine that there, you know, if you're trying to hire a bunch of like tech and engineers and, and um, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I feel very political going here, so I'm not going to say another charity, but if there's a clear misalignment about what, who the brand's supporting and what they stand for, um, versus what what your employees care about obviously that that's going to become a become an issue okay great and i think the last question we have for you is you know what trends do you see with your clients and, and their approaches to csr and, and what advice do you give to them when they are evaluating causes uh the brand may support and they may tie to loyalty program how are you advising your clients yeah i think if um i as i said it before if if the, the, the best way to do this is that it is, it is um, a genuine extension of the brand um, and, and it resonates with, with your customers. And so that connection has to be made first and foremost. Um, and then it has to be 
not a viewed as a campaign. <laughs> you know, it has to be viewed as part of the the messaging pillars that in the reinforcing of, of messaging and the value um, that's going out to your customers across touch points. So that I, I fully recognize that part of the work is the hardest, right? Getting that alignment and messaging and, and, and that resonates. And that's where zero party data can absolutely help um, set, set them up for success. And then from there, if you've, if you've made that connection, you've got those pieces in place, it should be pretty easy to, to weave into everything you do from that point on. Right. Okay. Well, Pam, uh, I think these were great uh, insights you had, especially how you can leverage the different data sets, uh, which I think marketers struggle with as well. And, and I, uh, to your point, kind of setting them up and constructing them in a manner that uh, truly gets to the, the core issue that the, of, of CSR and, and alignment, I think, is, is key. And, uh, you know, working with someone like you that has great success in that and, and, and Jebit would be a great way to do that. Yeah, and, and thanks for the time. I think you know a lot of a lot of brands are wrestling with emotional loyalty, and um, the emotional piece isn't anything that you can easily achieve by looking at transactional or behavioral data, right? It it only yeah. comes from having that conversation and getting those 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 much more um, you know aspirational and, and lifestyle and and, and um, motivational uh, data sets from from your customers and so yeah we 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 appreciate the time and absolutely um feel like that's that's part of the connection to build those relationships absolutely thank you very much for taking the time and look forward to hearing more from jeff